Even the title of the movie is something so many of us men can't say. I love you, man. When we do, there it is at the end, the word man, which reels back in some of the sentiment and reaffirms our masculine status. Other movies have treated the theme that American culture provides little avenue for men to express same-sex heterosexual affection, but none have so successfully mined it for gags. Take Peter Clavin, Paul Rudd. He's a girlfriend man. That is, being in his mid-30s, a little boyish, cute, and relatively financially successful, he's never hurt for female attention. But he's always devoted himself to his affairs so fully, he's never developed any close male friends. That, or maybe he's mildly metrosexual, his brother is gay, and has more in common with women, who we learn love the Johnny Depp romance chocolat, than men who apparently just want to play Xbox and endless rounds of poker, dressed like a slob with receding hairlines and big bellies from endless watery domestic beers. Well, Peter is in love with Zoe, Rashida Jones, tomboyish, freckled, a major babe. She has the usual gaggle of girlfriends, married and unmarried. This doesn't threaten Peter until, on a car ride home after they've just become engaged, she makes a couple of celebratory phone calls on the, bad idea, speakerphone. It's clear that Zoe has disgorged personal details of their sex life. Can a man who knows women so well really not know that women talk? It's one of the forces that keeps the earth turning around. Zoe's friends, so quirky and imbued with the actors' personalities that you don't mind how sketchily they're drawn, warn her that with no close friends, Peter is bound to get clingy, and I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg of what they're really worried about. Peter, overhearing one of them saying this, rededicates himself. I gotta get some expletive friends. But he's about to discover how difficult it is to approach interesting-looking men for platonic meetings, especially artificially and on a timeline, best man urgently required. Peter makes the mistake of making one of these meetings a dinner. Later, Zoe asks, Have you been kissing someone? Your mouth tastes like an ashtray. And well, yeah, the guy misunderstood. Any tongue? Oh, he got right up in there. Now what are you doing? Brushing my teeth again? Where'd you put the comet? Dialogue carries a lot of the humor, and I can't do it justice, but really, it's pretty priceless. At a house Paul is showing, he's in real estate, a vagabondish, shaggy, artful dodger of a character has installed himself at the sun-dried tomato panini tray. This is Sydney, a girl's name, played by Jason Siegel, who has a light layer of baby fat but is tall and wears it well and has square eyes that spell mischief. Peter, genuinely drawn for the first time, exchanges business cards. And then the movie reveals its keenest insight. Initiating a platonic male-male relationship is exactly like dating. What do you reveal? What do you hide? Which personae do you emphasize to be in sympathy with the other? And most importantly, how do you look cool? Peter blows this last part spectacularly as he calls Sydney for a get-together, leaving the most painfully awkward answering machine message since the film Swingers, unable to disentangle himself from the machine. It is squirm-inducing. Well, maybe once you've seen Strangers on a Train or maybe the modern equivalent single white female or Paul Rudd's own devastating The Shape of Things, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. What does Sidney want from Peter? What does this guy do for a living anyway? He lets go of a little scary steam with a guy on the beach, and he's a womanizer. Is he going to make a move on Zoe? Surely there's got to be a bad moon rising. Well, I would spare you that worry, which I don't think the director, John Hamburg, or writers, Larry Livin and Hamburg again, ever intended you to feel. It's all genial and in good fun, very much in the range of the recent films of Judd Apatow and his troupe of actors, writers, and directors. 
Do knocked up, super bad, forgetting Sarah Marshall, and the underseen role models indicate a cultural shift in American mainstream film? I think so. As action and special effects movies slip deeper into repetition and prohibitive budgets, studios are finally tapping the rest of us. Men with enough testosterone to put us well over the middle of the Kinsey scale, but who can sing along to Rogers and Hart while making a mean lasagna. We like girls, girls like us. But to find a friend who fits our real selves means shedding the protective carapace of ridiculously affected machismo. And that is a comedy goldmine. Reviewing movies for WFIU, this is Peter Noble Cachera. 